Hey parents, we're going to pick up where we left off last time in our interview with Beth, the host of Days with Gray, one of my all-time favorite accounts. Uh, we're going to talk about toys, play. We're going to be full of a million ideas. I'm glad you're back for more. So what, what do you tell parents, and, and at the end, we're definitely going to link to your side and, and to your Instagram account and things like that, but a lot of parents don't come from an education background, and, um, you know, they, it wouldn't, it, I shouldn't say it wouldn't dawn on them, they haven't quite thought like, oh, I could practice pouring before I actually let them pour the milk, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so... Uh, for those of our parents who are not preschool teachers and don't have that background, what would you encourage them to do? Like, is it just a new way of thinking or is it like follow certain resources or so that they are more open to letting their kids like learn new skills? So you're going to think about these you know, feeds that you follow on Instagram. You're going to think of them like your cookbook, right? You know, like, uh -huh. so if you needed a recipe, you would go to the cookbook, turn to the page and you find it. So you're going to use, you know, days of gray along the same kind of guidelines. You don't have to create the ideas. You, you have the resources. And so, uh -huh. um, so if it is tricky to know like, okay, well, I didn't even think of pouring the milk the same way as like creating a pouring station, you know, yeah. But if you, if you know your go-tos of who you can find for those mm -hmm. kind of situations, then that, I think that that's key. Find your one resource that you know, okay, I want, I want help with this. Can I send them a message? Can I send them an email? Can I search it on their blog? And I, I think that that's, that's the, the easiest way because you shouldn't have to come up with those yeah. ideas on your own. It's, you know, if my accountant told me tomorrow that he's quitting and I have to do everything in that terms, you know, I would be like, well, <laughs> Yeah. Don't, you know, so, yeah. so I think yeah. similar, you know. Yeah, that's great. That's a great analogy to think about it like your cookbook. You're trying to teach them a new skill. Go see what resources you can find for sure. Um, so I feel like young children are being kind of pushed to master skills earlier and earlier. Like I remember um, uh, learning, uh, my kids learning to write their name in kindergarten. Now I feel like most parents feel like if my kid doesn't know how to write his name, that's before kindergarten, that's a problem. And I, I'm just curious to hear what you have to say about like, is it possible to push skills too early? Uh, what can we do to be careful about that? And, you know, just overall your thoughts about that. I, I definitely think we can push kindergarten is, is definitely the new first grade or, mm -hmm. you know, um, so number one, we need to pay attention to frustration levels. When our okay. child is frustrated, we need to just drop it and back off. Um, so I think that that's the most important thing. Number two, um, there have been studies that talk about how when you're spending time to, you know, touch the kinetic sand and manipulate the cloud dough and do all of that play-based learning, what happens is in grade school, when you learn the term, you actually have the prior knowledge, right? So if you, uh -huh. if you're spending the day and you're playing with my kids like to do the wooden um, blocks and they're like, you know, the balls rolling down it and crashing into magnetic tiles, right? Uh -huh. So now they understand gravity and they understand momentum. So when they're learning that 
you know, more direct instruction. This is the word. Here's how the definition they're actually like, Oh wait, yeah, I remember I did that. Mm-hmm. And so if we just back off some of that academics and we think more about how play will eventually come mm-hmm. into later of their, in their life, when they are in that school setting of lots of students and more direct instruction, they have that prior knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you said was writing the name. Mm-hmm. Well, as a parent without an education background, we don't realize that these hands have to be strengthened before a child can write anything. And so that's one thing that I really try to focus on with showing parents like how to use a squirt bottle, how to um, how to cut, how to glue, all of those things that are going to strengthen the hands so that later when we introduce letters, mm-hmm. they actually have that confidence and strength to do so. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that just helps with their muscle control and their coordination and everything at that point. Yeah, that makes, yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. Um, so kids get a lot of screen time these days. Uh, you know, my kids are all in their 20s, so we did not have screens, but we, we watched plenty of Blue's Clues on the big TV. <laughs> uh, no doubt about that. Um, and you know, I, on one hand, I don't think any parent should ever feel guilty about, you know, as long as what they're putting on the screen is healthy and good for them, that their kids have times where they're on the screen. That's going to be how kids learn a lot in the in the days to come. But what are some guidelines you would give parents to like, what are some limits around screen time? What are some good practices around screen time? Um, what are alternatives? I know you talk about that sometimes. I'd love to know your thoughts about that. So for us, we use screen time every day. So every day, I think, I think the, a big, and, and when I say screen time, it's TV. We do not have an iPad, um, but they are allowed to watch TV. And there's some great shows that mm-hmm. for all sorts of ages, and there are definitely things that they tell me. And I know that I did not ever teach them. So I'm not against TV time mm-hmm. at all. Um, for us, it works best to keep the TV time predictable. So for us and our family, three o'clock is that time of day where I've been going all day. They've been going all day because all three are home right now during the pandemic mm-hmm. for homeschooling. But we've been going and we've been playing for a long time. I'm checked mm-hmm. out. They're checked out. And so that's their downtime and they can count on it. Having that predictable time also helps from can I watch a show? 400 times a day. So it goes from, can I have a snack? Can I have a show to just, can I have a snack? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so then they know, they know it goes off the same time. They know it goes on the same time and it really just helps the day go by so much smoother. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're big believers in starting the day with play because when I found that we were watching TV in the morning, we, you know, there was arguments over turning it off. Mm -hmm. It was, um, then you turn it off and, you know, we're all just kind of spinning circles. And so one, you can make the TV time predictable every single day Mm -hmm. when they were little to do that. We actually took a digital clock and I put a post-it note over the hour. And so whatever time, and then that way, and yes, the first couple of days, I wish I took a picture of it because they (laughs) would put a chair in front of the clock, you know, and just like, check in, but it only takes a few days to understand, okay, this is TV yeah. time. And, and uh-huh. so. Yeah, that's great. Let's talk about toys for a minute. So, uh, I, you know, had four kids. I feel like 
before I knew it, toys were out of control at our house. We had all, all the different yeah. ages. We had boys and girls and they liked different things. And, and then you just had birthdays and holidays. And before you know, and now I feel it with my grandkids, like at Christmas this year, I was trying not to overload them with so much stuff. Uh, but yet I wanted to buy them something they would really enjoy and that they would like and those kind of things. Um, so number one, what is just your overall philosophy about toys and how much is too much? And then I would love for you to just tell us toys that you think are really good for certain ages. Yeah. So two parts to this one, I think that sometimes as families, we forget that art supplies can be used in the same way mm-hmm. as a toy. And that's the way that we want the creative thinking, the problem solving and the higher level thinking. So we want to make art supplies accessible. And I like to tell parents, it doesn't mean you need to, we have an art cart. It doesn't mean you need to get this art cart and fill every single drawer with every single thing that you can find at the craft store. Mm -hmm. Nope. We want to, you can, you have all the time to add to your art cart, right? So maybe like, or, or, or a closet that, that they can have access to. So maybe you're someone that's like, you know, scissors, I'm not really sure quite yet. So, okay, well, now you're going to put whatever you feel comfortable with crayons, paper, put it in the cart. And then over time you're like, okay, let's add this, you know, and then you can add more and you can, you can use art supplies as a toy that that's what they do on their downtime and their quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, then the others are those toys that I like to call open-ended forever toys. And those for us are um, the magnetic tiles, the plus plus we talked about the counting bears, the um, wooden blocks, you know, just these toys that, that they'll use forever. Um, what about books? I, we haven't talked very much about books and I didn't put it on our list, but, uh, how do you utilize books with children? I mean, is it just straight up reading? Is it letting them choose things? Like, uh, do you have any like fun ideas around books for kids? So books, we love books here as well. And so, um, yeah, there's just so many great books out there as well. We, we like to read the same time every day. Like we read right before bedtime and, that has really become something that's important to our family before the kids go to bed. And I think with that also trusting that if you are reading to your children, whatever time that works for you, they eventually will become readers. So my oldest right now, um, is my two oldest, my five and seven year old, we always had a certain time that we'd put them to bed. And me as a parent being home all day, I still want to stick to that bedtime, even though they're getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And so now we say goodnight and they stay up in their room reading, you know, I mean, so it's just part of what they do. We keep only books in their bedrooms. And so I think just, just, just making the books the same as you would the art supplies, you know, they're, they're at eye level. Eye level is a huge thing. You know, if a child can see it, they're probably going to, you know, reach for it. And so keeping those books at eye level, reading on a daily basis and having conversations about the books that you have in your home is, it's just a valuable resource that you, mm-hmm. and gift that you can give your children. I love what you said about you only keep books in their room. So I'm assuming toys and play is in a closet or a playroom or another location. Uh, do you have any magical fun ways of getting kids to help you pick up and clean up? <laughs> <laughs> Cause if you do that, will that will be worth the whole podcast probably. <laughs> up everybody and then they all do it it's the weirdest thing yeah Yeah. no not at all (laughs) 
<laughs> so again, yeah, no, it, you know, my children are exactly the same. They don't, it doesn't matter that their mom is an education, you know, activity blogger. They're still going to push back. Um, so there's a couple of different things. Same time. So just like that, the TV goes on it, that's always our group cleanup. So before they can go to that, it's, it is like a big group cleanup. And I want parents of young children to know that it will improve over the years of how quickly and, you know, they can get this stuff up. But so number one, I think that group cleanup at the same time every day is really helpful Two for those big builds that they have that they're like, no, don't take down. You can offer to take a picture of it. That's a great strategy of like, okay, well, let's take a picture of it and you can build it again tomorrow. Or maybe you keep one build up. Um, and then three for the younger ones, you could, you know, announce that everyone gets to pick up a certain amount of toys, you know, go grab five things, or you can say, okay, you, you're in charge of yellow. I'm in charge of red. And I think that as a parent to expect our toddlers to go off and pick up on their own, it's not a realistic expectation. Mm -hmm. So we may have we may go down on the ground with them and say, okay, with my three-year-old, I say, okay, do you want mega blocks or do you want, you know, Duplos? And then Mm -hmm. he'll pick which one he wants and then I'll help with the other one. And then having like the same place that it goes, I've learned over the years, rather than everything getting dumped into a big bin, Mm -hmm. you know, you might have, this is the container for mega blocks, you're in charge of it. Yeah. This is a container for Duplos. I'll do this. And then showing that everything has a place is really valuable. It's a little easier for them that way too. And I feel like it makes the toys more fun to pull out later when they're all grouped together. You don't have to dig through a big toy box. We had toy boxes when my kids were little and I, I quickly moved to, to bins and other things because the kids didn't play as much because it was all dumped into one big spot, you know? Yeah, exactly. All right, let's talk about some practical activities uh, that you recommend or that you think are really fun to do. And let's just kind of go through every stage. So let's just start in that like baby crawler stage. What are some uh, activities that you think are great to do with that age group? So for the babies, I definitely like, they're, they're just absorbing so much in their own environment. And so I don't love um, a play prompt for them because I feel like they are just taking so much in. But one thing that's great are, you know, there's like colored scarfs, those long, um, those are great. Anything, you know, babies are exploring texture. And so things that involve texture are great for that early, those early years. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Okay, let's talk about the toddler stage. So they're mobile, just learning to walk kind of into everything. A lot of moms suddenly think. Uh, What are activities you like to do with that toddler stage? Yeah, and so toddlers too, you know, they're just moving. And so we do something called, um, gosh, I can't remember the official name, but it's, it's the car in the box. And so I take a box and I cut a hole in the top and then mm-hmm. i put painters tape lines all around it so that they drive the car around and the, then the car drops in the box and then they could take another car and it's just so funny because when you lift up the box they realize the cars are actually underneath that's oh, a yeah. great one for toddlers yeah. um that so I, I we love that's a favorite yeah i love it okay let's talk about like three four-year-olds or like yeah let's talk about three four-year-olds so our three and four-year-olds we're doing a lot more um 
I love color sorting. I think mm-hmm. sorting and classifying is a great confidence boost for those three and four year olds. And so again, you know, you can you can use construction paper and come up with three or four different, you know, areas that they can mm-hmm. then take different objects and sort them. The biggest thing with our three and four year olds and actually any age is we don't want to give them so many parts and pieces. And so we want to scale it down because if we give, let's say we give 10 race cars to sort by color, Mm -hmm. 10 is probably fine. But if you just take the bucket of race cars and you put it there, it's just too overwhelming and it's harder to stay on task. And so we want Mm -hmm. to think less is more. Sometimes I keep extra, you know, underneath the table. So if that, you know, seems to be going well and they're really into it, then I can always add to it and be like, oh, look, mm-hmm. here's some more, you know, and, and then then they can, can carry on the carry on the activity. So yeah. sorting and classifying is a big one. Um, we also do something called sticker match, which is, you know, we put one sticker on the left, one sticker on the right. And they're really just finding how they're alike and they're connecting alike stickers um, because then again, you're practicing that pencil grip. You're practicing that holding, you know, a marker or broken crayon is great for three and four year olds. And it's risk free because they don't realize that you're actually beginning to make lines mm-hmm. that are actually in letters. Um, so anything along those lines, stickers are great. We do a lot with dot stickers to, um, again, help with that grip and taking the stickers off and putting them on paper. All right, so I know by following you that you have a couple of different resources that you offer to parents that just look amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about them and parents will link to these resources in our show notes for you so you can find them really easily. So we have a, we have two different main resources. One are our activity cards and these are on PDF or they are a physical copy. And on the front, you'll see a very simple activity set up less than five minutes um, using items you most likely already own at home. And then on the back, it'll show you set up what to expect and conversation starters along with how it's linked to the kindergarten common standards. Now, we're not asking our preschoolers to master these. These are, again, just so you become familiar with the terminology and what is coming down the road and how we're taking these and we're making them more play-based and hands-on. So the activity cards are great. There's preschool and there's big kids. And that's someone who just wants, you know, they don't want to search Pinterest. They don't want to have to go down a Google rabbit hole. You know, they just want resources and activities when they need them. The other thing we offer is the PDF startup guide, and that's going to show you a little bit more of the progression of learning, how one skill can lead to another one over time. It's going to talk a little bit about how to come up with that predictable schedule or routine, how to uh, change that television time to make it work better for you. And then the last unit also has 10 activities that you can set up pretty quickly. Uh, Anything else that you want to share with everybody while we got their attention? Oh, well, you know, so we call these breakfast invitations and that was Uh just because in the morning it felt like, you know, you wake up as a parent and you just have everybody needs your attention. And so it's quick to rely on the TV. And like I said earlier, you turn the TV off and no one really knows what to do with themselves. So Mm -hmm. I thought, well, you know, what if, what if the night before I set up a super simple tabletop activity call it a breakfast invitation, even to my children where they can come down, they can get started creating or thinking while I'm making breakfast or while I'm drinking my hot tea. And over the years, I noticed that not only did this start the day with play, 
But it also started the day with one, the intention that play is important. It's set, it's set. And because when they're done, they go off and they play on their own. And then it sparked creativity. And two, it gave them the connection with me so that by the time we were done with breakfast, they're like, who's mom? <laughs> you know, they didn't need me anymore because we checked in. You know, I definitely, I, I try to keep my phone aside. You know, it's just about five to 10 minutes, but having that early morning connection really also set the theme for the rest of the day. Beth, you've given us so many good ideas. I feel like parents, I hope you get out a notepad. You're going to just want to take notes as we go. Thank you so much for sharing all of your information. I'm happy to work with everybody. All right, parents, it's easy to run out of ideas or to feel like you're spending a lot of time or money helping your kids learn and grow. But I hope today uh, that we've encouraged you, that Beth has inspired you to keep it simple and to make time for play. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon.